Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Gold is a better... The following program is sponsored Know the Truth Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth... Philip DeCourcy offers God's secret to less stress. If you and I are to increase God's peace in our lives, one of the elements that will help us do that is an increase of thanksgiving. Be thankful in your prayers. Be thankful in your speech. Let your life convey this sense of gratitude towards God. Thanksgiving is a deliberate act on the part of the believer. With thanksgiving. Let's face it, there's always something to complain about, whether it's a tough boss at work, unruly kids, or a car that is always in need of repairs. We can always bellyache if we want to. But today on Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy, we'll see that no matter what, we've got plenty of reasons to be grateful. We're picking back up in our Less Stress series, and you can find previous broadcasts online at ktt.org. But now, here's Philip DeCourcy starting a new message. He's titled, A Word of Thanks. I like the story of the pastor who was out visiting his congregation and he decided to drop in in one of his senior saints who was housebound. On this particular visit, he had brought along his youngest daughter. And as they entered the man's house and sat down, the old man gave the pastor's daughter a handful of candies. And to the pastor's surprise, his daughter didn't say thank you. He was expecting her to thank the old man for the handful of candies. And so surprised at her silence, he said to her, you know what, honey, what are you supposed to say? Without batting an eyelid, she looked the old man in the face and she said, have you got any more? (laughs) Now we laugh, but the joke's on us. Because how often have we taken from the hand of our heavenly father? and not said thank you. We've simply said, have you any more? He indeed allows us to live at His pleasure. He satisfies our mouth with good things. His goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. He delivers us from evil. And best of all, He delivered up His own Son for us all to the cross. And yet so often, our gratitude is a dry well So often to our shame, we use God and treat God with the same detachment that we show when we are using an ATM machine. We go, we take, we leave. And that's sad and shameful. It ought not to be. In fact, our lives ought to be brimming with thanksgiving, awash with a sense of gratitude. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, Paul says, See then... Just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thanksgiving. 
Paul pictures the heart that's being graced by the grace of God as a river that's overflowing its banks. The heart that's been touched by the love of God, the heart that's come to embrace God's redemptive work in Jesus Christ, ought to be the heart that's gushing with gratitude, like a river that's overflowing its banks. But let's be honest, often that river's down to a trickle. In fact, right now in our home in the kitchen, I got to change a faucet because it's dripping. It's annoying. And yet as I came out of my study this week and went into the kitchen and there it was dripping because we hadn't shut it off properly. It works when you kind of wrestle the handle a few times and in a few different directions. It was dripping away. And at that moment, it kind of gripped me. You know what, Lord? Instead of my heart being a river that overflows its banks with thanksgiving, too often my heart is like just a dripping tap. Once in a while, a little drop here and a little drop there. No gushing of gratitude. No overflowing with thanksgiving. It ought not to be the case. God's giving deserves our thanksgiving. The Bible says it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. It's right. It's just. Given what He's done, to whom He has done it, at Jesus' cost, is it not just right and just that we would give Him thanks? Gratitude is just. Gratitude is redemptive. Because when you and I praise God, when you and I show thanks to God, especially for His Son, Jesus Christ, and His death and burial and resurrection, which is the foundation of the gospel, we're reversing the effects of the fall. Because the effects of the fall was this. Though they knew Him to be God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful. Romans 1 verse 21. So when you and I are thankful, grateful, joyful Christians, we're reversing the fall. We're going back to man's original calling, which is indeed to praise God and glorify Him forever. So thanksgiving is just. Thanksgiving is redemptive. And thanksgiving is beneficial. It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. It's not only good in relation to God, because it's an honoring of Him, and that's due Him. But it's beneficial to us. It's good for us. And you know, we can even go outside the Bible to argue that, because research has shown that indeed gratitude and a spirit of thanksgiving might be one of the greatest factors in a person's happiness. Thankful people, grateful people are more empathetic. They have a brighter outlook in life. Their quality of sleep and sense of peace is greater. There's less jealousy, less envy, less competition in their lives. They're more content and more at peace. Gratitude is just, redemptive, beneficial. And that last thought brings us into our passage in Philippians 4 verse 6. Because Paul says, as you ask God for his help, remember to give him thanks for his help, past, present, and future. Make your requests made known to God, pray to God, supplicate to God, but notice embedded in the middle of verse 6, with thanksgiving. I think there's two purposes to this phrase, with thanksgiving. Number one, Paul doesn't want prayer to degenerate into a shopping list of demands. must be more than that. We can certainly go to God with our lament. We can go to God with a sense of need and ask Him for help. But if we're not careful, it can degenerate into one long list of a shopping list. And Paul wants us to make sure that that is not the case. 
And secondly, I think when he adds the idea of thanksgiving, given that we're addressing here the issue of God's peace, lessening stress, developing spiritual stability, expressing joy always, that thanksgiving has a role in that. Because worry and thanksgiving cannot abide each other's presence. See, when you and I give ourselves to thanksgiving, and when our heart, like a river, overflows its banks with thanksgiving, it flushes ingratitude out. It flushes worry and stress and anxiety out of our lives. And that's why it's beneficial. As thankfulness comes in the front door of our hearts, worry will slip out the back door. I like what Robert Morgan said in his book, Worry Less, Live More. Gratitude is to worry what an antibiotic is to an infection. That's good. He goes on, the old practice of counting your blessings is an effective modern treatment of what ails the mind. Giving thanks is essential to mental health. He's right. I think Paul's arguing that in this context of experiencing the peace that passes all understanding, in this context of enjoying the company of God and His peace, you and I can enjoy that if we will not only pray, but pray with thanksgiving. Anne Voskamp said this, No amount of regret changes the past. No amount of anxiety changes the future. But any amount of grateful joy changes the present. That's excellent. And so here we've got a path to peace. And if you've been following along, it involves reconciling, rejoicing, relenting, recognizing, requesting, and now recounting God's faithfulness and favor. Or let me put it another way. If you want to be a joyful person, if you want to enjoy spiritual stability, if you want an increase of the peace of God that passes all understanding, get involved in peacemaking, joy, sweet reasonableness, hope, prayer, and our sixth issue is gratitude. And that fits well within this book, by the way. If you don't understand, one of the reasons that Paul wrote Philippians was to give them thanks for their most recent gift. The background to this book is that Epaphroditus had left this congregation, gone to Rome, where Paul is facing his first imprisonment, and he brought the greetings of that church, and he brought some financial and material provisions to Paul. And look at how he begins the letter, chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship. That's the Greek word for your sharing, your oneness with me in the gospel from the first day until now. You go to chapter 4, so it's kind of the bookends of this letter, chapter 4 and verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. It had been a while since I'd been in touch, but now Epaphroditus has got to Paul in Rome on behalf of the Philippians, and Paul writes for several reasons, one of them being, hey, I thank God for you guys. You've been with me from the first day until now. And you know what? This gift is a little bit of spring in winter. Because here I am, imprisoned under house arrest. Read about it in Acts 29. And you know what? Epaphroditus has come with a smile on his face, with a gift in his hand, and it has brought joy to my heart. And I thank God for you all the time. Is it any wonder that thanksgiving would be one of the planks in Paul's argument for peace? because it is beneficial. 
It does indeed strengthen our faith and multiply our joy. Paul's thankful for their partnership, for their prayers, and for their provision. So, if you and I are to increase God's peace in our lives, one of the elements that will help us do that is an increase of thanksgiving. And how do we increase our thanksgiving? Well, I'm glad you asked, and I've got four things that will help you to do that. If you're taking notes, why not talk about the resolve necessary. If you and I are going to cultivate an attitude of gratitude, that will involve a resolve. Go to chapter 4, verse 6. We've already mentioned this. Notice what Paul says, "...be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God." The old preachers used to say it like this, "...be anxious for nothing, be prayerful about everything, and be thankful for anything." It's a good philosophy on life. Paul says, hey, I want to remind you guys, when you pray, make sure that you sprinkle that with some thanksgiving. Be deliberate about that. Make sure that somewhere in your prayer time, you deliberately turn a corner towards thanking God for His Son, for His kindness, His goodness, and His mercy. Thanksgiving is a deliberate act on the part of the believer. Make sure it's there. Be thankful in your prayers. Be thankful in your speech. Let your life convey this sense of gratitude towards God. That's the resolve. And let me just reinforce that with a couple of Old Testament examples from the life of David. If you go to Psalm 34 and verse 1, you see that resolve, that deliberate act on the part of David the psalmist What does he say in verse 1 through 3? I will bless the Lord at all times. No occasion, any occasion, a special occasion. It's all an occasion to praise Him. But I want you to notice the resolve. I want you to notice the deliberateness here, the intention, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in God. And later on, he'll tell us some of those areas that he'll give thanks to God for, for saving him out of all his troubles. Verse 6, for the angel of the Lord encamping around about those that fear him. For the fact that those that seek God, verse 10, shall lack no good thing. Verse 18, that the Lord is near to those of a broken heart and saves those who have a contrite spirit. There's always reason to give thanks to God. And with that reason must come a resolve to do it. And then there would be Psalm 103, which you know best. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David's speaking to himself. You know, we talk to ourselves all the time. David's up in the morning. All right, what's today all about? What have I got to see? What do I got to do? Hold on a minute. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. That's what I got to do. He talks himself into blessing the Lord. He thanks God for all his benefits. He thanks God for forgiving him of all his iniquities. He thanks God for healing him of all his diseases. Notice all the alls in Psalm 103. And all that God is and all that God does brings about this commitment on David's part. I'm all in on gratitude. Because if you read this psalm, there's not a word of complaint. There's a place to go to the Lord with your lament and your heart's desire. You'll find that in many of the psalms, but in this one, none. No complaint, no cry for help, just unadulterated, unrelenting thanks, because that's what he's decided to do. And by the way, it's interesting how your world will change when you look through the lens of thanksgiving. In fact, all you'll see is things to be grateful for. 
And David's there. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Forget not His benefits. That's the challenge, folks. Life is all about making choices. And if you're a grumbler, if you gripe and bellyache, you've chosen to do that because you do have a choice. And as you focus on God and you recount His faithfulness and your favor, gratitude rises, worship indeed emerges. And you know what? You begin to thank Him in the midst of your situation, good or bad. You've got that choice. You've got a choice to focus where you want. I think the keys to less stress, the key to spiritual stability, the key to being joyful always is being grateful, being thankful. We just saw the burial of Dr. Billy Graham just this week in my studies. I came across a story out of his wife's book, It's My Turn. Ruth Bell Graham was in this foreign country. According to this book she wrote in She couldn't sleep. She woke up about three in the morning. Several things crossed her mind, but one of the things that exasperated her and exhausted her was the thought of a loved one who was slipping away from the Lord. And she began to become anxious about it and fretful. In fact, she says in the book, when it is dark and the imagination runs wild, there are fears that only a mother can understand. And so her mother's heart is worried about this child. But in the middle of all of this, she gets a nudge from heaven. God doesn't speak audibly. She just says she got this sense God was speaking to her or reminding her of something from his word. And the thought that came to her in the middle of this was, as if from the Lord, quit studying the problems and start studying the promises. And she just was gripped by that. So much so, she gets up out of her bed in this foreign country, all anxious, puts the light on, gets her Bible. Do you know where she ends up going? Philippians 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. God's speaking into a mother's heart. Be anxious for nothing. But you know what? In all things, pray and supplicate with thanksgiving. Now, here's what she said when she came to that little phrase, with thanksgiving. I realized the missing ingredient in my prayers had been with thanksgiving. So I put down my Bible and I spent some time worshiping him for who he is and what he is. This covers more territory than any one mortal can comprehend. Even contemplating what little I did know about the Almighty, my doubts began to dissolve, my faith became reinforced, and my joy was restored. I began to thank God for giving me this one I loved so dearly in the first place, who was now such an aggravation. I even thanked Him for the difficult spots which taught me so much. And you know what happened? It was as if suddenly someone turned on the lights in my mind and heart and the little fears and worries which like mice and cockroaches had been nibbling away at me in the darkness suddenly scattered for cover. Beautiful. It's exactly and the peace of God which passes human comprehension will guard your heart. Do you see the resolve involved? Secondly, do you see the remembrance involved? The remembrance necessary? for thanksgiving. Go back to chapter 1, verse 3, because we said this is a book that's really in many ways a receipt of thanks for their gift, and Paul sends a letter back with Epaphroditus who had come from them. But I want you to notice his language, and it ties into thankfulness, gratitude. Verse 3 of chapter 1, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. His thankfulness was generated by his memory of them and their partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, verse 5. Notice the words of verse 7. Just as it is right for me to think 
this of you all. Thinking and thanking go together. God marries those two things. And as Jesus would say about marriage, what God has joined, let no man pull asunder. You want to be a grateful person? You need to do a bit more thinking. You need to write down lists of God's goodness. You need to build some memorial stones in your mind to God's interventions in your life. You've got to resolve to give thanks. You've got to will yourself to worship God. And as you do that, you've got to employ the handmaiden of memory. Wasn't it Spurgeon who said that memory is a handmaiden to faith? That's why the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless His holy name. What? Forget not His benefits. And David's admitting, If I don't remember to forget not, I will forget. And so he sits down and itemizes some of that stuff. He's forgiven me my sins. He's healed me of my diseases. He's redeemed my life from destruction. He's satisfied my mouth with good things. He's crowned my life with loving kindness. We need to do that. We need to be intentional. And we need to sit down and use our mind and train our mind to take note of what God has done in our life. You're listening to Philip DeCourcy and Know the Truth in today's message titled, A Word of Thanks. And as Philip said today, gratitude is the antidote to stress. Now, Philip is in the studio today, and I'd like to read a portion of a listener letter you received, Philip. It's really a word of thanks to our listeners. She asked us not to use her name, but here's what she said. I received Christ five months ago after listening to Know the Truth in secret. My husband and I are Jehovah Witness, but having heard the gospel through Know the Truth, I am now a Christian. I listen every day in secret because my husband does not know I am a Christian. Please pray for me to not be afraid to tell my husband. Now, Philip, that is quite a letter, isn't it? Wayne, I thrilled to the news of this woman's conversion. I mean, to hear the story of this Jehovah Witness coming to faith alone in Christ alone is something that thrills me. And may God bless her and and may she grow in her knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and the wonder of His grace. I think, Wayne, this story kind of reminds us of just why KTT exists. We are unapologetic. We don't water the Word of God down. We We don't tiptoe through the tulips, you know, theologically speaking. We preach the gospel in all its fullness. And I think this woman's conversion shows that. She saw the stark difference between the gospel we preach and the false gospel she'd been brought up on. She came to see that Jesus was fully God. She came to see that it's faith alone in Christ without works that saved. She came to see that Jesus did enough on the cross. We don't have to, you know, work our way into heaven. We work out of love for Jesus Christ. And so this story just to me reiterates both the reason our ministry exists and to some degree something of its uniqueness. We called this ministry Know the Truth because the truth will set people free. And this woman has been set free from error and falsehood and to know can she be right with God? She is through faith in Christ. And and Wayne, here's a footnote to that. While the truth is free, (laughs) the broadcasting of the truth isn't free. And I just want to make an appeal to our listeners. As you've heard this story, a wonderful story of transformation of a woman coming out of the cults to Christ. Would you invest in our ministry? Support us to stay on the air in cities all across the country because we want to continue to preach 
the gospel of Jesus Christ so that more lives can be transformed. Yes, thank you, Philip. I know how much these letters mean to you on a personal level. And I hope our listeners are encouraged by this, too, particularly those who have given to this ministry. In just a moment, I'll give you the contact info for writing your own letter to Philip. But first, if you do believe in the ministry of Know the Truth and would like to stand arm-in-arm with us today, give a one-time donation or become a monthly Truth Ambassador. Learn more online at ktt.org or call 888-644-8811. Once again, that's 888-644-8811. And email Philip at talk at ktt.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back tomorrow for more Bible teaching from Philip DeCourcy. That's Tuesday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm telling you that fame and fortune are not what they're cracked up to be. Hi, this is Lon Solomon, and Madonna said that as part of promoting her new album. What's interesting is that people will sacrifice their integrity, their honor, and their reputation to get the very fame and fortune that Madonna was talking about. Jesus comments on this in the Bible, however. He said, what good is it if a person gains the whole world and loses their own soul? Instead, Jesus calls us to a different, a higher way of living. He calls us to live for him and to live for eternity, where everything we're living for is everything it's cracked up to be and more. Why not join him? Not a sermon, just a thought. If you'd like more information about Not a Sermon, you can check out our website at notasermon.com. That's notasermon.com. Hi, this is Steve Arterburn of New Life Live.